like I realized in that light bulb moment, sitting there going, oh my gosh, I really need to learn these rules because fin financially independent people know the rules of money. I clearly need to, and I'm smart enough to learn them if someone would teach me. I need to because you could rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. My sink, my ship was sinking. And no yeah. matter how you did that, I was sinking. If I consolidated twice, next stop would have been what? Bankruptcy? Yeah. Take my bankruptcy. house. Hey guys. Hey guys, and welcome back to Perspective. So before we get into anything, definitely yeah. want to say thank you to our partner, Tamo Pleasurables, for supporting Perspective. Get your sex life going with Intamo Pleasurable's amazing plant-based lubricants and massage oils. They are the best. We know. We know. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> you should know by now, too. They are infused with organic hemp seed and sesame oils. These ingredients work together to warm you up and offer a silky smooth ride. Also, they help to reduce any pain or friction. So get yours at intamopleasurables.com and use coupon code HERSPECTIVE20 for 20% off your purchase. So I do have an office situation story. What? As per you. As per our new use, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's like our new segment. It's great. I think it's funny. People like it. You do you guys it. like it? <laughs> Did you expect someone to answer back? Well, I'm sure they're yelling at their cars or they're yelling. Well, at least yes, talking. we love it. We'll we'll see in the feedback that we get. Yeah. We which we love, by the way. Well, this one I just thought was hilarious because there is no sadder face that you will ever see than someone who ran for the elevator <laughs> and didn't get in. <laughs> And as the doors slowly close on their face and it's just the look of despair will pull your heart right out. It's your chest. <laughs> it's, that's a that's a real tearjerker in the morning, isn't it? Is that not legit, though? I yes. see this daily. Yeah. And like you will move faster in your life than trying to fucking hit that open doors button For so them? you can yeah. save them. <laughs> I know, not even Save if you see a child money. like uh, running across the street will you run faster than the, your hand to that button. <laughs> the redemption that you well, feel when you hit it and the doors open yeah. and their faces I light was just up gonna say, like a kid on Christmas morning, like the Lord Savior himself is yes. about to walk out of the elevator. Yes, but it's not just their face, it's your <laughs> face. <laughs> Because you have succeeded in allowing them access. Them. It's the happiest it's moment. Face. So this happened to me this morning, actually, and the, the elevators were closing and there's a second one there that their doors were open. So I was just going to go for that one. But the guy got <laughs> the door open and he was beaming. <laughs> so like, oh, my God. It's, it's truly a wonder why the two people involved in that scenario don't like immediately embrace Hug, yeah. and like Share jump their life around. Stories. And just it's very sad because it usually ends in a very quiet elevator ride from there on out. Yeah, it's a quick. Thank you. And then. Well, I'm like, you, stand you know, I'm dramatic. So I'm like, away. oh, thank you. Blah, blah. 
and then it's eight in the morning, so people aren't talking back to me. So, well, there's a chance that you'll never see that person again, too. Yeah, like, but the 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 high and low of the elevator challenge. Yeah, yeah you impacted my day, my friend. Either good or bad. Like yep. when it's closing and you're the one trying to get on the elevator and it's closing and you see the people inside. And you, they're all looking no, at you like just thankful that they're not on the other also, side. Also, and just like, I'm so sorry. Like you just, the look <laughs> on your face, like you just <laughs> feel so bad for them. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting interaction. And the person that didn't get on the elevator feels nothing but sheer hatred for everybody on. Yeah, and if, it's, if now, you're a solo person, yeah. that is like the worst yeah. because yeah. it's a wasted elevator. You have one person, oh, yeah. the other didn't even get on. Yeah. And they're just like, they went home and wrote you on their death list. Like, well, what's worse is when kill. you're that person that doesn't get on, you stand there and you're like, I now I, your impatientness steps in. You're like, do I take the stairs? Like, no, I can't fucking stairs i'll have a heart attack so you have to wait and then you're even more mad because now you're mad at yourself for not taking the stairs and it is an ugly situation it starts your morning off not right if it happens right. to you in the morning you're just like well that is the worst this is the worst day i wish i could say that i work on like the 18th floor and like i would have a heart attack i work on the sixth floor I work on the eighth floor. I'm not taking the stairs. I I used to take the stairs. I'd be sweaty. I have my winter coat on and usually a sweater. Like a bag with a laptop. My heart is giving out and my legs are giving out. I'm crawling. It's more that my armpits will be like so sweaty and then I'm like (laughs) my armpits. I don't fear my face will be red. It's just it's a whole ugly scene. Then you walk into the office and you're all just like hot, disheveled, disheveled because you walked eight flights of stairs. Oh god did you run from home like no <laughs> fucking took the stairs eight is dramatic like eight is just not that's oh, not necessary that's basically a skyscraper yeah you might as well just call in sick for the day because i might as well have climbed the cn tower yeah no that's just ridiculous eight is yeah six pushes it because at five when i'm at i'm good i'm good I'm at, then the fifth one i'm like oh one more but i can't <laughs> like it's hard <laughs> Hard. Anyway, I just had to talk Super about the elevator situation because, like, I really noticed that that's such a thing, and it's hilarious, but also sad at the same time. Very sad world. <laughs> Actually, the other day, that situation was not happening to this guy. He aggressively stopped the doors from closing. He was wearing steel toe boots. <laughs> He threw his leg in there like it was an inanimate object, sacrificed the leg. The The sound it made when it crashed between the two doors, it startled me. (laughs) Like, I wish you didn't. I was pressing the close button very rapidly. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to lock him out? He was not fucking having that. Psychopath. Psychopath. And then, like, he gets in and he just quietly stands there and chills. I was like, that was a production. Yeah. Like, <laughs> really? You could have lost a foot. Yeah, no. I think that uh, sometimes those. Just yeah. let it go, dude. Yeah, it's not worth Get it. Get the next Take one. Take the stairs. There's yeah. 12 yeah. other ones. I know. Like, I act like it's elevator or death stairs. Like, literally, just wait two minutes. Like, it's not that long. But yeah, so that was. That's another office experience to put in the books we have so many of those office experiences now that you're back in the office we're just really building up um 
so yes, this is great. It's funny because I, I is I'm also in the office. I also experience these, but I kind of forgot about them. And then now you're bringing attention to all the day to days. You're reliving the uh, yeah. Well, it's like I yes, I scenarios. Yeah, I do recall all those things. Um, but I think my office is a bit smaller than yours, so it's not as uh, there's not as much to report back. Yeah, no, we have a lot of people that work in my office. So, and I say it like it's my office. I work in an office. I work alongside others. My biggest thing in the office is that it is Arctic temperatures at all times. Do you find that? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's a common office commonality. Let's just keep saying common. Well, my experience has been ice cold in the summer because of yeah. the extreme amount of air conditioning that is ice cold used. to the point where you're it's you're wearing like winter clothes influenza inducing yes let's be real <laughs> I <have> pneumonia sick <laughs> <laughs> and so does everyone else beside you because it's freezing and now i have the coronavirus instead <laughs> not funny too soon. Joke, yeah. too soon <laughs> currently spreading and infiltrating by the time this airs we might actually have it yeah yeah, might be um, dead. <laughs> like when you I know. can't commit to working a wedding next year, you could actually be dead by December 31st. I might be dead. I can't say for sure if I can okay, well, be there. We need to fill our audience in on that. There's not much more to be said. Jess was asked if she would like to work a wedding one year from now. <laughs> she was asked today. Yes. If she would work a wedding. Of course I want to. But. But I can't guarantee I'll still be living. <laughs> that was her rationale <laughs> that she might be dead. I might by be the time dead. December 31st rolls around. I can't commit. There's no other reasons that she might not work the wedding. It's only she might be dead. I I might no longer be here. So how can I say yes if I don't know if I'll be here <laughs> on this earth? I'm being realistic. <laughs> it's very far away and you never know. Yeah, it's not a morbid thought at all. I no, it's, it's just realistic. Yeah, right. let's just be honest here. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Anyways, yes, the offices back, are back freezing the, in the summer. Like, freezing, okay, but we, I work in an old building that's not insulated, so it's freezing in the winter as well. Yeah, that's to the point where most people are wearing their jackets all winter. Even when we turn it on, it's like the air escapes. I don't even know where the hot air goes up. Yeah, not up to fucking floor eight. Like, this <laughs> bastard's up there getting the elevator all the time, getting the heat. <laughs> but no, it's so cold. And to the point where I've had to put all my plants that are, like, near my windows, I've had to move them into the middle of the room because they were starting to shrivel up and freeze to death because the wall is so uninsulated. Anyways. Do you work for, like, <laughs> Scrooge or something? They put one know. piece of coal in the fireplace. <laughs> To eat the whole building. No, it's like, you know, the cool lofty buildings downtown. Lofty, drafty buildings. Drafty is the word. Like, guys, whenever you're searching for real estate and they say the word lofty, they mean drafty AF and you're going to be freezing. And your plants will die. And your plants don't. Don't have plants. plants. Yeah. (laughs) You just looked at your vape. (laughs) To fill you guys in here again, Lauren populates her home with fake <laughs> listen i can keep humans alive and animals plants no well 
I guess I should bring these over to the lofty job yeah, I work at. That you, they'll never die. They'll at least something will be living in there. Well, they won't because they're not alive. <laughs> Plastic, but so everyone's just dead. <laughs> Me, the plants. Who knows? Nothing's making it to December thirty first. Is the point of this entire conversation? <laughs> well, these plants are never going to decompose. These ones will. These, these will make it plastic. to December thirty first. Three thousand. Three thousand and nineteen. <laughs> these are never going anywhere, thanks to. They're great for the environment. Yeah, it's really good. Isn't that a little? <laughs> they are family heirlooms now. Oxy- I'm going to pass You're them gonna down. You're going to have to. What else do you do? You can't put them in a landfill. My kids will be happy to yes. inherit them. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I feel like we should get into the show. Yeah, we actually have a very informative show today. Um, far cry from the banter we just had here. <laughs> Please don't let that be any indication of the things to learn. <laughs> no, this show is with a smart person. Yeah. <laughs> she teaches stuff. <laughs> Literally, though, she does teach. Um, we did the learning. Yeah, we, we learned stuff. Can't tell from this conversation again. S- but MRT. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> In all seriousness, guys. Yeah, we no. have Put your financial caps on because we have co-CEO of a financial services brokerage. She is a financial educator and coach, has an interesting story to tell on how she got to being where she is. Very successful co-CEO with her husband. So, yeah, we welcome Rebecca Bittner to the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate that very much. Yes, we're so happy that you're here to bring on your expertise. Yes, this is the first time we'll be talking about anything to do with the financial world and women and why it's important to know about your finances. So we're excited to have such an expert here to enlighten us all. Yeah, and I think (laughs) that we need that. I need this specifically. Yeah, So please tell me your (laughs) wisdom. Even though you worked for a financial brokerage that's always the way that's yes and honestly my boss would say like what the hell is wrong with you like are you not absorbing any information here like no i can't stop spending money (laughs) anyways please tell us what you do (laughs) um well i've uh probably just just shy of uh two decades uh i really um transitioned into financial services that wasn't uh where my heart started i was uh in the education world i was a school teacher and loved working with children um but realized that uh, being a school teacher they don't teach you rules of money and why is that that this is something that should be taught from you know a young age to like all through high school at least absolutely from yeah even even i mean they teach us what about uh, you know jokingly they teach us about parallelograms but yeah they don't teach you how to balance your checkbook i don't even know what a parallelogram is right it really is a it's a shape i think (laughs) but this is something that lauren and i have a compiled yeah no (laughs) we've had we have a compiled list of and i want to do a full episode on this on things that we should have been taught in school Mm -hmm. um because i think the curriculum is just like what is a parallelogram exactly like why are we taught that instead of real things that get us through every minute of the day like the big one for me is really understanding credit 
and like why it's so important, why you really need to know about it and how to handle it and like what it means to have credit and not have credit or have bad credit. And why when you're 18, it's not actually free money, but you still have a credit card and you think it is. (laughs) Because they hand them out to you at university. That's literally what happens. I turned 18, got a student visa, and then it wasn't big. Like it was maybe 1500 bucks, but when you're not really making that much money and you just rack (laughs) up 1500 bucks, you're like, well... I don't have $1,500, so like, now what? do you what? want from me? Yeah. Will you pay the minimums for 10 years because that's all you can do? Well, that happened in a relationship. I got a way bigger credit card because yeah. I eventually paid off my student one. They're like, <laughs> you need more money. Let's give you some more. Yeah. So you can't pay that off. Um, And then uh, X and I racked it up, paid the minimums, and they were like, this is not enough. Like, it will <laughs> take you 45 years. Yeah. You'll be dead right. before you pay this off. You better ramp but that it's, up. But it's like I knew, but I didn't know. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I didn't understand. You're not taught from yeah. a, an important time. Like yeah. Well, like an R nine rating, all those things. So that's a separate financial it is, conversation. And there's just so much more than like yeah. Anyways, it's bad. But you could do. You really could do a podcast just on everything that you need to learn in school. We will. We, I have, we have a full yes. list, and it goes. It's like everything on there, and yes, <laughs> there is so much. There's like, so much that we're they not. They need to talking. bring home ec back. Yes. Home ec, like yes. I started a fire trying to boil water before. Like this, they, they, I need to know these things. Like I, yeah, I yeah. would be a much better off adult if I had and it some be basic for- information. Men and women or boys and girls, yeah. not just really yeah. focused on women. Like, no, if you start children at a young age learning concepts about how to save and invest money, then they would make different choices when they're older. And a lot absolutely. of the principles we teach are common sense principles, not just, you know, yeah, almost like someone speaking above you. I think that's why a lot of people don't seek out knowledge in this area is because they think they're not going to understand it. They, they put themselves in the category that, oh, that's, you know, numbers or number crunching and all that. And you and therefore they don't go and exercise Mm-hmm. more to learn but it's common sense stuff that That's you teach actually so true i did yeah. feel like that like i don't understand this right. stuff i don't understand money well i understand money but like the idea of investments or like even saving for my future that was like i don't know i don't know like you just kind of put it off because i'm like oh i'm so young i don't need to know that yet i'll look into it five ten years from now but then you're when like, you have like some like random not like huge disposable income that comes over along yeah, like which never happens but it's so. not just the the savings and investments it's like even back getting more basic than that it, like it's just not going into debt yeah it's being smart with what you have not spending beyond your means like Paying yourself first there's yeah the concepts yeah yeah for sure and the the challenge and well probably the reason that i'm so passionate about uh, what it is that we do is because I was the school teacher who thought I did everything right. You know, go to school, get a great job, pension and benefits. And here I was struggling and I had made, you know, every, every job I made a little bit more money each time, but somehow didn't manage to keep any of it. So I made the wrong choices when I bought a house. I made the wrong choices when I bought products. I thought an emergency fund was the credit card I had, not realizing that that's not really my money. Right. Yeah. Right. When I needed to put, and it was, you know, er, budgeting is a funny word because now I don't go into families' homes and say you need to be on a budget because most women right there, when they hear the word budget, it's like being on a diet. Mm -hmm. As soon as I tell you you're on a diet and the things you can't eat, you want those same things. A hundred percent. And you do those things. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a foreign word that you can't use. But there, if there was, there was things that I would have done differently without using the word budget and realize I'm spending money somewhere where I, you know, I could use it in a better way, even on a tight budget. Um, yeah. 
I think the word budget is like restriction, right? Yeah, so all of a 100%. sudden your brain thinks I have to change my life and right. I can't do the things I want it to do is, and I can't. It's stressful. Yeah. And then it is. You, then you go the opposite way because you're like, no, no, I'm not. I can't be restricted. I love my life and I want to spend what I want. And then you overdo it. Right. And also the term from coming from someone I'm who is very bad with her finances, I need help really badly. But when I sit there and I try to budget, it feels like the most overwhelming task. I have to sit there and like, like crunch numbers and deprive what part, like it's, oh my God, I, I hate it. And then never mind doing that. Right. For a lengthy time for future. <laughs> for a minute. Right. This, yeah. The thought of getting 10, 20, it even written out or something is a nightmare, let alone, yeah, maintaining it and sticking to it. And part of that is a, is a, is a, a mental block in the sense that you think nothing's ever going to change because you keep getting the same version of it. It might be a little prettier, but it's a different version. Like I knew people, I was making 42000 as a school teacher then, and I knew people making the top teaching salary of ninety four. Well, they were just making 94, but broke at that level. And I was broke at 42. So it's a different version of broke sometimes. So some people think though, I've made more money, but I'm not keeping any more. And then this went up and this cost went up. Yeah. So, I mean, right now inflation is when our wages aren't keeping up with inflation. No. So think, you know, the same loaf of bread in 2000, you know, in 2019 cost this amount of money. And now it already costs 3% more. Yet our wage didn't go up to pay for that same loaf of bread. So a lot of people find themselves behind the eight ball when it comes to debt. Everybody knows they need to invest. There's not usually anybody that I go sit with that doesn't know that doesn't know that they need to invest. The challenge is there's no money left over to do that. So my and yeah. that's really what I saw was I was that I was that person. I always paid, you know, when I was a school teacher, my first mortgage, all the like I said, all the wrong things. But I always paid my bills on time. But why is that a wrong thing? I, well, I made the wrong, not wrong to have a house, but wrong. I bought the wrong mortgage product at the time, oh. not knowing it was the best. I locked myself into a, a really long interest uh, time period and a high interest rate that I didn't need to be in. Um, right. And I didn't have the emergency fund. So I didn't have when something went wrong. So when and I bought an old wartime house, really like 800 square feet, top floor kind of thing. Wow, small yeah. house, small house. Yeah. Um, so when the roof leaked car broke down, things went on line of credit, visa, and that sort of thing. And then you spend the rest of your time not paying that off. You never paid yourself first. So you're never going to get out of that mess. So here yeah, I was geez. doing that. I, I, I really, my mom had taught me. It's not that she was bad. She just taught me what she knew. When something's not right, go to the bank and they'll consolidate it for you. So I had consolidated twice and I used my house as a cash machine. Mm-hmm. No equity in it. So I'm one of those people that when you did a net worth page, Mine showed negative 13,000 and I owned a home, which is very sad. So speaking from experience, I know when I'm sitting across from somebody how it feels when the noose is getting tighter and you know it, but you can't really put your finger on why it's happening. And that was happening in my, in my financial. And I uh, to add, you know, insult to injury here. I was also going through a marital breakdown. So I stayed in a relationship a lot longer than I need to, which women do, men and women do stay in relationships due to money, due to children, due to finances, due to all that sort of stuff. So I stayed in that relationship longer because he made three times what I did. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I'd be, and I bought the house prior to that with my mom. She gave me the down payment prior to that marriage, but it became a matrimonial home. So removing him from that equation, now would be all my responsibility. You had to buy him out? Well, Equalize assets. 
So here we are, he racks oh up debt, God. everything belonged to me. And I'm, you know, you know, changing locks on doors and doing whatever. So here I am stuck in that position going, okay, I don't know the rules of money. Clearly something has to give. And, you know, when they showed me and that was kind of almost a dare, and I, my personality, I'm very headstrong. I'm, you know, opinionated. I'm a control freak, all the things. Our so, kind of woman. <laughs> yeah. So when someone's coming into my house and they're saying to me, I'm going to get you saving money and I'm going to get you investing money and there, I can't rub two nickels together. I'm thinking this is a dare. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Bring it. Show me that you can. Do yeah. It. And when he came back, he showed me uh, a strategy that brought down my taxable income got me a, a significant refund back on my taxes to which I went and dropped on bad debt. And I started, you know, making some transitions and that moment lightning at the kitchen table, he said, you know, Rebecca, you clearly need to learn the rules of money. And I said, yeah. And he said, you clearly need to make some extra money. Cause if you could make some extra money, you know, part time, you could put that towards your debt. And then, you know, retire when you say so. And that was probably the magic word was retire when I say so. Because women make a lot of choices for their family. We take time off to raise children, which is time out of the market and into the industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our pensions yeah. are less. Yeah. Um, if you even have one. Right. If you have one, because nowadays you don't. Yeah. I don't um, have a pension. Right. No. And then, then when the children do grow up, guess what happens? They probably don't move out nowadays because they can't buy their own house. Yeah. But you have a sandwich generation where your your parents are coming to live with you too because they also <laughs> can't need yeah. you and they afford so you're having this where you know and one of the stats that was alarming to me was it said you know look to your left or to your right if you have a female beside you you know seven out of ten women uh retire below the poverty line and yeah. in my head i'm like that's my cousin that's my mother that's my aunt i started thinking of people thinking okay i gotta do something here i gotta empower myself and if I'm a teacher and I was teaching your children, what would I say to them if they couldn't figure out a problem? I'd say, well, let's get in here and let's figure it out. Yeah. So here I was failing the money game, not knowing the rules of money at all and thinking, well, I have to empower myself, not disempower myself by just letting it be what it is, accepting that I'm always going to be in debt, accepting these things. Why don't I learn some rules of money so that I never let someone take advantage of me again? So whether you're in a yeah. committed relationship and it's healthy, financial, I, you know, I'm in that relationship, but I want to make sure there's something ever happened to my husband and he passes away. Can I handle, do I know where my papers are? Do I know where things are? You know, what bank accounts they come out of? Do I, can I handle all of that conversation yeah. and not wait for it to happen? That's the problem is that we, we want to put it on a back burner, pretend it doesn't exist because it's easier to deal with that. Yeah. And it's about empowerment. So whether you, in a relationship or whether you're single or went through a divorce, that's exactly, I don't, I don't, we don't, we're not supposed to get married thinking the thought that we're going to get divorced, but how about we know about our finances? Because if divorce ever happened, how do we, we live in, I, you know, the stat was alarming saying that, you know, women over 50 who do divorce 45% of their livelihood is cut in half. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's half. That's a that's a bit that's a huge income to not have and not be empowered about just because he handled it. Yeah, you are you would be very like obviously those women are completely dependent in a lot of right. way in on their spouse and their living situation. If any of that change for whatever reason, you're kind of left in like limbo. Like you you don't mm -hmm. where do you go from there? Because all of a sudden the money doesn't just gonna keep coming or appear or anything. Like you really 
are stuck. But I just something that you said earlier about how your mom taught you about money and finances. I think that is a good point because my parents did like they were they didn't get into deep about credit, which is where my issue came from way back when. But they were smart and they like understood the value of a dollar and they, you know, bestowed that on me and tried to make sure that I would make good decisions, told me I should save my money, you know, my babysitting money or whatever. But the interesting thing is like you were in a different time. So like now that I am an adult and I bought a house and, you know, I'm successful enough uh, for now, my parents would be like, oh, why did you buy this house or why would you do that? Or like, that's so expensive. And then they use the the analogy of like, oh, well, when we did this and, Mm -hmm. you know, when we bought and it's like, yeah, but that like you said the wage to Mm -hmm. cost of living Mm -hmm. didn't have that huge disparity and that is something that for like that i would like to understand from you as the expert how do we manage that because yeah that's great mom dad when you bought your house you bought it for like you know a thousand dollars yeah no they're (laughs) like like seventy thousand dollars (laughs) or maybe a hundred thousand my house was four times that for like this essentially the same kind of house and making the same amount but making the same like the ratios are the same right so like i'm making the same money that was equivalent to what you were making but my costs are three times what yours were yeah. so i think that's where a lot of young people and lots of young women well even run if they into can trouble. get there like even if they can get to that point like i, I don't a lot of people cannot even buy the house. Well, no, they can't. in fairness, I didn't buy the house by myself. I'm married, yeah. so I have the second income. But like for people that do or but not even buying a house, renting or buying a car, like financing a car, financing something. Um, how do you manage making X, but your cost of living is like so much higher than what your salary can really support? And you're like, and I'm talking about people that make a decent amount of money for Mm -hmm. a single person. Well, part of that is making sure that you, everybody needs a plan. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the starting point is that it's not a cookie cutter situation that works for everybody, but there's a plan. So I was at a specific point in my life that it's going to change over time, especially when you add, you know, another child in the mix or you add a marital breakdown or you add a child goes to university or whatever the situation is, that plan will just and almost recalibrate based on where you are. But it's looking at that, you know, whatever you're spending, your expenses, and where's your money going? Usually, if I see, if I if I was with 10 families this week alone, all 10 would need something that we do, and I'll find money where they're misspending it somewhere. And I'm not just talking about, okay, maybe they could not drink the Starbucks every day. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of the obvious one that everyone talks about is that they spend a little less money on those things. No avocado toast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not and not eating out every single day or every single meal. Yeah, I need to stop doing that. Right. The, which by the way though which is a good way to find some extra money. I'm talking about actually products and services that you're already spending money on right now that you're spending too high of a price on that could be better spent somewhere else. So for example, I was spending too much money on, um, well, mortgage insurance. And I mean, get into a whole bunch of topics on this, but 
we wouldn't have enough time today. Yeah. <laughs> but mortgage, imagine paying for something. So you're protecting, if something happens, it pays the balance of a mortgage off. And you'd want to do that to protect your loved one or someone else that made that financial commitment with you. So that's the purpose of it, which made a whole lot of sense to me. The challenge is, why would I pay for something that I'm not the beneficiary for or that I don't get to choose who the beneficiary is? Well, that's what mortgage insurance is when it's with the bank. So did you go to life insurance instead? Uh, yes. Yeah. A and we determine what the need is. So yeah. I'm so 50% of the population, just 50, even has life insurance. The yeah. other 50 doesn't. And the ones, and then all of them, most of the people that own a home have mortgage insurance to which they're spending an awful lot of money for, for little value. Yeah. So, so do, you, I, do you, you think everyone should have life insurance? No, I think there's an, I don't think everyone should. I really? Think, I think there is a financial, when I do your financial game plan, I'm going to determine whether you need it for the period of time you need it. Yeah. You're vulnerable. If you're yeah. vulnerable, you need it. And we're going to figure out that vulnerability period. So it doesn't mean that everybody needs life insurance. It's a need. And we have to figure out what that need is. But let's say we have a high balance on a mortgage and we got young children and we responsibilities, then there's going to be a need there. But most of the time people are spending money on in that area. So I had mm -hmm. a woman uh, just the other day. So she's, 41 years old i got referred to her house to go and look at really to show her what i did on a business perspective because she wanted to make she's an entrepreneur wanted to make some money and really wanted to take her finances in order so i was there to show her what i did that way and as i'm showing her my presentation she says oh my gosh rebecca i think you need to look at my finances so she invited me to do that and in that conversation she owned five life insurance policies for oh five different companies wow did she know that she owned them? yes and yeah, she's she paying said, them she said i'm overinsured the challenge was she's not she wasn't overinsured based on the need her need was right on point somewhat uh -huh. that but in her brain she had more than the average person does for life insurance probably because her ratio of her friends it wasn't that she was overinsured she was over premiumed interesting so, so we reduced her costs yeah. by you know two-thirds and increased her coverage gave her more value and there was probably smoke coming out of her ears yeah. by the time she said i actually can't wait till tomorrow to phone xyz company because they're gonna i'm gonna have it like it just this doesn't even make sense and i said well remember that how do you think they make their money is selling you another product and they didn't care if this other company was in here or this other company they just want to sell you their product and that's the difference I'm not interested in going and selling you a product. I want you to see your financial plan and, the, and it should take a holistic approach where you're in the center and then mm -hmm. get all these areas yeah. talking. Cause yeah. if you're getting money's getting sucked out, whether it's car insurance, life insurance, mortgage insurance, credit card insurance, line of credit insurance. And then you got a mortgage payment over here. That's the, maybe the wrong mortgage like I was in, but just even a mortgage, they're not really talking to the insurance company. And then you've got your investments where you've got investments or a kid's education plan. And they're not talking over here to, you know, this other company that you're, you've got mm -hmm. some money with. And problem is, is they're all trying to pull at you and somewhere in there, it's like having a bucket with some holes in it. It's yeah. like, it's leaking. Yeah. So I'm like, well, mine was like a sieve. Like yeah. it was, flooding. Yeah. it was and bleeding money, bleeding, yeah. bleeding. Right. Yeah. And again, you know, cons it's not to say consolidating debt doesn't work, but there's gotta be a strategy to get you to pay yourself first, to never be back in that same situation. If I consolidated twice, so think about what consolidation means. Consolidation means you put together your 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 uh, debts in a neater package yeah. and free up money per month. Let's think about that. But what didn't Not change? Really. 
the income didn't change coming into the house to pay for the debts that were originally. And the debts don't just go away. Right. You may so your ability to pay bit. for it the first time, yeah. not so great. How, your ability to pay for the second time is going to be better? No. All you did, it, like I always say, it's like I realized in that light bulb moment, sitting there going, oh my gosh, I really need to learn these rules. Because fin- financially independent people know the rules of money. I clearly need to, and I'm smart enough to learn them if someone would teach me. I need to because you could rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. My sink, my ship was sinking. And no yeah. matter how you did that, I was sinking. If I consolidated twice, next stop would have been what? Bankruptcy? Yeah. Take my bankruptcy. house? Chains on the door? Yeah. Because eventually there's nothing. If they've already taken the equity, there's nothing left. So there's got to be a way. There's got to be something I was doing. And he found it. He found ways where to plug up the holes and then start seeing a plan but it does start with the oh plan. oh my god plan. how good did that feel <laughs> yeah well i think that's and, it, and two it helped it did empower too oh because yeah. i thought i'm I, I you know i'm not i wasn't business savvy i i you know my husband was business savvy and entrepreneur and i didn't know if i had that spirit i mean i grew into having that spirit it changed as soon as i understood but i thought even if i if we were sitting here and you guys said to me your your uh car um engineers or um you can fix a car and I said, well, I want to learn how to drop an engine out of a car. You could teach me. It might take me years to learn yeah. how to do that, but I could learn. And in my head, I thought, if I could learn this, then I could teach it to other people. So when someone says, you stop teaching to be in finance, no, I'm still teaching. I just changed my subject. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I want to back up again, just about like really how you got into this mm-hmm. and then what is this that you do? Because mm-hmm. we haven't actually touched on <laughs> yeah, the what, business what and what you do and who you are within right. that business. So right. give us a little uh, background about, so we know that you ended up going into finances because of your situation, which was obviously not a great one. And obviously this started after you had a divorce. Yes. So, um, so yeah, tell us, tell us the story. Well, really, I was introduced to, you know, the broker at the time, um, cause we basically, my husband and I own a financial services brokerage and we own 19 locations across the GTA. Amazing. And what is your title? Uh, co-CEO for sure. So I would say a, I'm almost the, the main CEO. The CEO. That's the way I feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. CEO number one. But we, we have interchangeable roles and, um, I really, um, so my, basically my first, husband was introduced to the broker to fix our finances at that time and to really introduce him to the business. And I took it upon myself to get involved because that was the lifeline. That was the lifeline. I needed to do something else on top of teaching where I could make some extra money. And I had to do something that wouldn't compromise my integrity. And also like at that point, I guess you wanted to have control over your own finances instead of relying on someone else or Mm -hmm. having your husband manage it which i think not certainly not every relationship but a lot of relationships are like that where Mm -hmm. the the men or husbands um manage all the finances and not from like a controlling standpoint or anything or anything negative it's just that's what you do and i think that probably comes from like how they maybe grew up like Right. For years and years, men absolutely managed the household Well, because women didn't have the didn't voice. Have any, <laughs> yeah, didn't or have finances. finances. And it's funny because in our industry now, in the financial services industry, the it's it's fifty over fifty percent, fifty three percent are women. 
Managing now, the household? Now in finances. We're te- uh, oh, doing what I do. Working Which is finance. great because, because women are nurturers. Yeah. They want to they wanna fix. They want to problem solve versus uh, selling things, right? So they, yeah. they take that, that lead. So it's more natural. And women, I find, even though they say the man's in charge of it, they're really making the financial decisions in the background. They just don't want to admit that they're doing that because in case they're doing something wrong which we are all doing something wrong because we just don't know the rules. How do you play? It's like playing rugby. If you don't, you're not going to throw your kid on a rugby field and start playing rugby. They're going to get hurt. Rugby is a tough sport. You don't throw them on with no, you know, without no the rules. Or, or you don't throw them in, the, uh, you know, I don't throw my seven-year-old on the ice, regardless how good of a skater he is, without his equipment because he's going to get hurt. Yeah. Right? But all of a sudden we throw ourselves in that line of fire because we're dealing with money decisions every day, right? The w- yeah. Grocery shopping is a money decision. Yeah. What extracurricular uh, things we put our children in, uh, financial decisions. Everything we do is a financial decision. And yet we we don't know the rules of money. So we're, we're kind of, we back off to admitting that we made these decisions. So I find, you know, in, well, marriage and money is a big deal. Absolutely. And we view money differently. So even though even my husband and I are in the same field together, how he views money and how I view money are different. Sometimes that complements each other. Sometimes we be totally polar opposite. It doesn't really matter, but it's that we view it differently. Yeah. And I think like also probably in, you know, in our Ontario anyway, like a lot of men still make more money than their female, like their wife or the female counterpart. But for me, like in this household, I, I manage the money. My husband certainly makes more money than me. But I manage it, manage it and my mom managed it. So I look at some of my friends where I'll say, who handles the finances in your house? And they'll be like, oh, my husband. And right. and I know that they're in there when they grew up, their moms were in the same situation where the husbands handle it. And again, not wrong. Um, but some of my friends, I'll say, like, do you know anything like that goes on? They're like, oh, yeah, we have investments, but he does that. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, you don't know? Like, what yeah. if something happened? And not even in a negative way where like husband runs off with a secretary scenario or anything like that. But yeah, God forbid an accident was to happen. He passes and you don't know where anything is. Like from my understanding, if you aren't, maybe your signatures aren't on things or whatever, no one's going to give you access. That's right. Yeah. Even if, especially if there's no will. And and if you say that they handle it all too often, I go into a family's home and I've noticed whether it's on a document for their mortgage or a document with their life insurance or any, any, well, any financial piece. If there's any, even investments, beneficiaries, which are a big deal is beneficiaries need to be updated all the time. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it'll say estate. And so, you know, who wrote that and how we want, how we want that laid out because it's important that your beneficiaries be updated. And if, if it's up to one partner, I mean, that's, if it's up to one partner, how do you, how do you know the beneficiary beneficiaries are accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Right. True. So you can't, and that's something you just, unfortunately, it's not, that's not something you wait till after, after the decision, you know, when it's too late. Yeah. It has to be done prior to that because well, it's the- a big deal. The thing is, too, when those horrible life things happen, whether it's death, whether it's divorce, the last thing you want to do is sit down and take inventory of your finances. Yeah, that's true. The last thing you want to do is sit there and make these decisions that you haven't really done before and then now try to be proactive. And, and know that you're going to make the right ones. No, especially not when you're, when you're emotional. Not, yeah. yeah, especially when you're emotional, but also when you're not, if you're not uh, educated about it, then you don't even know what you're doing. And then you're making an, an uneducated emotional decision. Right. Not good. Right. Which you need, that's, and that's why a plan helps 
but it no, you need to know where your documents are. Yeah. Need to make sure the beneficiaries are updated. There's just a, there's a check. There's checklist, and but I also have a, a bit of a background on what to do. Even mm -hmm. if you, if your husband is always taking care of it, for example, and you now you're forced to make these decisions because somebody has to, and you have no knowledge or no background. What are you right. going to do? Right. Uh, what would you do? So what? Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> like when you come into a home that's you know a dual income, it's a family unit, or what would your advice be to like? A single woman versus a married woman. Obviously, I tried to. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this is going to sound probably funny. I try not to offend, mm -hmm. but my job—if I'm a steward of money—if that's truly how I feel about what I do, my job is to disturb you. It's a tough love. It is coming out, and us. I think it's. And I, I think, think that's the necessary. way it should come across. So, I mean, I do. I do have one person in particular that came to mind right now. Um, she's a little bit, so I'm in, I'm without stating my age. I'm, well, I'll state my age. I'm 46. <laughs> she's a little, uh, You're a young thing, thank so. you. <laughs> she's a little, she's a little bit, uh, older than I am. But you know, when I first asked her some questions, she can, she's being aloof. She's being just too, I don't, you know, I don't know my husband. And it's easy to do that, to deflect, especially when you don't, sometimes you're deflecting because you don't want to deal with it mm -hmm. because it's such a nightmare. And yeah. I have, you know, I have family members, uh, in particular, uh, amazing sister who likes to deflect and I'll say, where's the statements, where's your stuff? And it'll be in a drawer and the drawer's exploding out yeah, that's not even, or they are not even opened. Right. It's yeah. just gonna, Cause it's the same old crap. That's oh, gonna I did that too. <laughs> yeah. We'll go paperless at least. Yes. So you can ignore so the issue. You can delete the email. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So she, she's, she was being aloof and I couldn't figure out, okay, it's either going to be that, that she really doesn't want to tell me how much debt they're in, but I mean, it's my job to find this out or it's going to be something else. And sure enough, it was pretty much coming down to a situation of the marriage. Mm. Uh, we share a house, but he really lives out of a room. He locks his room, like he locks the door in and out and all of the financial papers are with him in the room break down the so door she didn't even she goes, i don't know if he's got another woman in another country i don't know if he's got this i don't so when she f started letting this all out to me i had to be you know so explain to me if something happens right now okay so let's pretend whether he has someone or not if something happens to him right now do you know that you and your daughter are protected from another family in another country is your are you the beneficiary on his accounts and you know, if he and you do realize regard, there's the, the biggest thing for me is do you realize people think, well, because we live sort of separately, if there's no separation agreement, you live in the same house, there's rules on this. No offense, but any do you know he's not racking up debt right now? What if you know he's got a line of credit that he racks up to go sponsor some other family in another country? You're footing the bill right now. And if he dies, it's on you. It's going to come out of your account. It's not his account anymore. It'll be your account and they'll take it from your, yeah. they'll make you sell your house because they don't care. They, they, they want their money. Bill collectors are coming for their money. They don't care if someone passed away. It, they're going to knock on your door. Well, so I said, can you answer these questions for your daughter about where this is? You need to really get an understanding of this and not necessarily to cause a fight or friction to say I'm challenging on decisions you made It's to know where they are. And maybe you got to use the light that he cares about his daughter and it's for his daughter. If something happens to you and I, we got to make sure she's properly protected. So I need, a copy of these, I need a copy of these documents and I need to make sure because one partner could turn around and rack up debt and really unbeknownst to the other, the other partner. And I think you should know that's happening. I think that's where communication comes in play and that, 
without passing judgment on someone's relationship because I, you know, someone could pass on mine, right? Yeah, we we actually know, like I know people that have been in that situation, not to like a detrimental effect, but where one partner racked up a good right. credit card bill and then it was yeah. time to like look at some financial statements and do some, make some changes and stuff and that had to come out and it yes. was like, oh, and by the way, right. here's this. Right. Oh, thousands of dollars. And that is more normal, Lauren, than you would. Everybody usually, (laughs) when I ask them the questions, the first, they'll give me the list of their debts. And then I'll have a text message later saying, by the way, I forgot to tell you about this other one. There'll be, there always be a little bit more, or they gave me all their debts, but they didn't quite give me the right balances. It's really until they know that I maybe can find a solution. Then they give me the real stuff, which is, I, I get it because I did the same thing. Yeah, and, and people, like, like relationships, there's always, well, not always, but a lot of the time there is that dishonesty with money. Like, you right. know, even something small like sneaking in the bags in or something when you're <laughs> yeah. shopping. Also done that many, yeah. many times. No, it's true. So it's like, there's always, I believe that people, you know, kind of right. hide a lot. Well, it goes back to the point of, that we were talked about at the beginning is that you don't want to be restricted. Right. If I want to go shopping and I want new shoes and I want new clothes and I want to get my hair and nails done. I want all those things that adds up pretty quickly and if your husband is the one if you're hiding it first of all and if you're hiding it from your partner your husband um you know it's like well why are you hiding it is it because you know you can't actually afford it and you're gonna have to pay the piper at some point and come clean so i think that is an interesting thing because do you find that it's mostly women that you're experiencing this with when the text comes through or the... No, not always, believe it or not. I nope. don't find that women, but more often than not, the women will come clean. Sometimes we don't find out something about the man till later. They, they're not even going to... It's not even going to resonate. They're not even going to bring it up. It's this fear right. of like... Well, it's ego or something. Right. Like, it's probably a combination, like right. ego, but then also fear of like the consequences. Right. Am yeah. I going to be reprimanded? Nobody wants to be in trouble. Am I going to get cut off? Am I... And I think it also for me, like one of the reasons I avoided my really bad debt situation is because I didn't actually know how bad it was. And I didn't want to know. Like I was, I didn't open the statements. I ignored the calls from the creditors. I just like pretended like it wasn't even there. And it was always the mentality of, okay, I'll deal with that later. Like next month, I'm going to get on top. I'm going to start. And, but it was so terrifying to think like when I finally go and actually try and get this sorted out what are they actually going to say to me like i i don't know if other women can relate to that or other people but like it was such a relief to when i finally did do it and i actually wasn't as bad off as i thought right i thought my credit was going to be completely destroyed forever yeah and i wasn't um it wasn't great i had an r9 you had to work yeah you put yourself in a hole and you have to dig yourself out of it i I didn't come out scot-free yeah Yeah, i did get i got lucky i worked with the, the credit companies and uh the collections agencies and you know we worked out a figure but it was still a figure that i had to pay and it wasn't small so i mean and actually i ended up um considering suing my ex because we weren't together anymore and this technically was his but it was in my name so it came down on me and it's so interesting because you get in those situations and you trust right the person that you're with and you're like even if we break up i won't screw you over i'll still cover this no they won't 100% 100% will not. Yeah. <laughs> no, because nobody wants to take that on. Why would you? No. Yeah. So, I mean, can... like, to me, 
this episode is like super important to me because like I lived that not bad. Like I was really young and I got out of it, but it took time and like I have great credit now and finances are in from what I think is a good standing. You're going to tell me different one day, (laughs) but um, like, I just think it's really important that women face the music in their own like financial situation, even if it seems scary. I think it's important for men and women equally to be, but I Mm -hmm. think historically it just has aligned um, that men have kind of taken control. Right. Right. So that's why I think it still is important for women to, to be on top of this now. Unfortunately, ideally it would be, um, we'd be in a space where we can say men and women equally are bad with money because it's the truth, but now it's still kind of like that. And, um, yeah, so I think that's why we put the emphasis with women. And I think, like, going back to the story that you were saying is that this couple lives in the same home. They have a child together, but they don't live together. They're not mm-hmm. really married anymore. And that's crazy. Like, I wouldn't, I actually wouldn't even think, like, that someone could ha- have a whole other family in another country. Have you actually seen that? Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. And the other it, thing, Or too- that two people in a house do their do their finances separately uh-huh. yeah. and because they view it separately i mean it's and i'm not, i'm not i mean whether you have a, an account that's a joint account if you're going to fight about money all the time in a joint account then maybe you should have separate accounts for the fun stuff so that you're if you're like for me if i'm doing spray tanning or i'm going to go spend money to get my feet done or whatever else then i am not i'm not taking it out of a common account I can just spend it on whatever I want. And then he can spend whatever he wants, whether it's the, you know, uh, hockey or if it's uh, going to a basketball game, then it's his. And then the joint would be for bills and expenses. But you got to work that out based on personality of what you think is the best solution. And sometimes I can help with that when I meet you because I can see personalities. Mm -hmm. Maybe one's a saver, one's a spender, and they're going to compliment each other. Maybe they're both. And there's that's. But that's the little things, the disciplines. It's not really the budgeting. It's the disciplines. disciplines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not as hard when someone talks you through it and we take it step by step. If I said, okay, I want you after our meeting now to do these three things, it's not as overwhelming as going, you know, well, you're like, like a therapist. There. It is like a therapist. Pretty much. Otherwise, you sit there and think this overwhelming thought of, of trying to get it all in order all by yourself. Right. While not knowing how to do it, not knowing the strategies, not knowing where to like adjust and yeah, no, that's add a relationship onto that. And then you're going to argue for sure. Right. So and what do you don't You don't want that. You don't want to be fighting about money. And sometimes it's also the view of how you grew up. A hundred percent. I think, right. And you carry that into your relationships and you carried it in. That's why some people do spend like, it's like they say shopping therapy, right? It's be, you know, and some people, so someone have to, some people have money in their account and they make it go to zero account, zero money in that account because they know it's going to get filled up, but it's always that same amount that goes in and out of the account. So they just spend it to zero. They have, they can't have any money in there. And some people need to see a certain amount in there. And they, you know, they say, if you have a zero credit card, usually you're not going to spend any money on it. But as soon as you have a dollar on there or $5 on there, all all of a sudden you've racked up that credit card. Let's buy more. What's what's 500 more. Right. Super psychological. Cause that's very true. It is. is. Very, very true. I could never see a zero balance like in my checking or savings account right on my credit card please yes but i (laughs) like seeing like i'm the person that needs to see that certain level like a certain amount yeah the safety net 
a certain amount in the account stay consistent. And so you can spend what's above that, but right. it can't go below a certain amount. So right. then do you recommend, um, like, a, a overall for most people, uh, the best idea would be along the lines of having a, two separate accounts and then your joint for the bills and stuff? When you're in a relationship. I think it works well. It works well for me, but that may be different based on personalities. Okay, so do you have it depends? See, I mean, it also depends, too, what the cash flow is like. Like, right now, uh, my cash flow right owning a business i have a I have a good cash flow right so i'm not really concerned what my husband's spending money on but put me back in my old life right where my cash flow was minimal yeah and someone made three times what i did well if i'm budgeting just so i can you know buy a new lamp for my house and he's off at the pub yeah three nights a week spending money on beer whatever else i'm gonna have a problem with that so it does depend on those resources. And when financial situations are so tight, men and women are going to choose what they spend their money on. Some people are going to spend it on food all the time and eating out all the time because they like to do that. Some people are going to spend it on shopping all yeah. the time, clothes or whatever else. So if, if you're going to have tension about that, why not make a, an amount that you can agree on that's in one account versus the other two and, and, and do it that way? Yeah, well, that just seems like, you know, there's a huge disconnect unless they have that. If somebody is out, like, one of you is pinching pennies trying to get through to the next check, and the other one's out there blowing all the dough because he makes so much more, that's not a cohesive, no. any sort of situation. Definitely not. Marriage, any, that's not even a cohesive interaction. Like, right. And are you seeing that often? Mm-hmm. Definitely. How? Do you, How? And do you deal with the whole, like, well, I make all this money and you don't so i can spend what i make imagine if you got a sing, you got a uh, sorry not a single mom but imagine you have a mom at home that doesn't work which yeah is not guilt. a lot but there's still a lot of moms that are home or they're or they're even off on mat leave trying to not go back to work because of daycare and the cost of that would yeah. be silly that's the thing i think a lot of people are seeing and we have right. a lot of friends like that who right. don't make enough to pay for daycare so why go back right then or if they, they they're just you know scratching the surface above after like yeah they have right home after yeah. what daycare costs and and yeah like i think that is a really challenging spot too because again it goes back to women the majority of women are the ones staying home so right they're the ones not you know i want to say sacrificing the career sacrificing the opportunity to be financially independent but then yeah so you do that you sacrifice everything and then you have to sit and what accept an allowance or yeah and rely on your husband to you know, maintain your life. But then, yeah, how do you like if that if you're with someone who's like, well, you don't work. So because people still don't see being a stay at home mom as work, which is oh, it's like the two hardest and a half, job. Right. It's like two and a half jobs in the real world. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Yeah. So it I, I can't imagine what that would be like. But right. then I think women also because of our nature, we bring that on ourselves in the sense that we're like, okay, well, I don't work, so I shouldn't be spending money. I shouldn't, myself. I shouldn't go for lunch. Yeah. I shouldn't go for That's drinks with the girls. They should do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what they need to do. Without jeopardizing the budget. Of course. And, yeah. Or living above yeah, me i'm taking the word i'm using the word budget that i said i was going to use jeopardizing <laughs> you know the money that's coming in and out of the house but part of that part of the empowerment i guess that was for me wasn't just that some company financial company came in and said i'm going to educate you about how money works they said no we're gonna it's like if i if i fish for you i'm gonna feed you but if i teach you to fish guess what you do you feed yourself yeah. right so i'd rather teach somebody to do that and even if it's extra spending money that they have that that stay home mom has that doesn't so she doesn't have to give up 
her time with her children if she wants to stay home and that's what her primary focus is, but she could still make money because she can be in a, in a position where she can make money and learn the rules of money for extra money for uh, go on vacation once a year or for whatever reason. So that was the attractive part for me is that I didn't have to give up teaching. I could do the, my business part time and learn the rules of money. And for me, I started with four hours a week. And then the value, my value went up, my value proposition went up too, because I started seeing that we really were helping people, not just me. I believe that they helped me and I believe that they helped some people that I knew, but I thought, ah, oh, maybe that's just, I don't know. I'm still thinking maybe it's luck, fluke, whatever. Yeah. Then I started seeing, you no, know, everybody that we were going out with and seeing we were helping. So whether it was a, a school teacher that I knew um, that needed, you know, uh, some things, want a second opinion on something. We, I, I realized that I went from four hours a week to 10 hours a week part-time. And I replaced my teaching income part-time in financial services. So, you know, I'd like to say that I want to do something that inspired people and, and, and uh, you know, um, that I was inspired to do. But at the same time, I wasn't going to retire properly. And I had to make an extra $1,000 a month just to hit my financial goals. So I had to do something part-time. So they, it was, I was already backed in the corner, not backed in the corner from somebody else, backed in because of choices that I had made. Responsibilities, right? I take my part for my marital breakdown, all that in the corner, backed in the corner. And the only way to get out of it was to fix that. And that's where I took that role. And part-time, I learned the rules of money and then started teaching and then realized, wow, I could turn this into a business and have my own office. It sounds and like a financial you- services brokerage, which is really what, I, and I became one of the offices. Now, now my husband, who at the time I was one of his offices, mm-hmm. so he was the broker at the time, and I was one of his offices. So I did this independently, and I did it on my time, my terms, my everything about what I needed to do um, to fit my lifestyle, but empowering me. So, like I said, it doesn't to me as long as you're a female, it doesn't matter if you're women. You're in a committed relationship, or you're single, or you know you've been divorced. It's everybody needs to learn the rules of the money game it's to down- prepare them. It's it's an empowerment. It's like you can make a decision, or you can decide to make an informed decision. I take the informed decision all all the way through, yeah, especially when it's sure. com- especially when the stuff's common sense, and we're yeah. smart enough. Women are smart enough to learn this for sure. Well, it's like do you, it's like I. Take it in. It's a form of health of your of your life. Mm. So it's like eating healthy. Right. It's it's spending money is something that you need. You can't avoid it. We can't literally do one thing without it. And we can't even, you know, you, you need it for your whole future. So it's part of that health. I think that it's all connected. Yeah, it's an overall life plan. It sounds like you got really real with yourself. Like you faced reality, did some like introspection and and like made like kind of accepted like some choices you made and that's what led you to like own the rest of your life and well own and like run with it too. yeah because i yes. think like denial is a major factor and like until we kind of well, accept things denial that, but also uneducation yeah like mm-hmm. oh yeah there's you a had somebody that came in and told you you need to smarten up right mm-hmm. so what about the people who are in denial and are uneducated they need rebecca we need to, yeah, we, it starts with a coffee and a conversation. Okay. So break down exactly what the business is. Like, what do you do? I need you come into my house, like explain how that would look. I would show you the difference on what I would do versus maybe what you're used to. 
to show you some credibility, um, earn the trust, obviously, because one time meeting, I, I have, you have to, you know, get to know me, get to, hopefully like me, right? Yeah. Um, but earning that right. And I think part of what does that for me is not the salesy person. It's the tell the story. Tell, mm -hmm. I mean, every, unfortunately, people want to see, <laughs> want to hear <laughs> that you went through the crap pile. And I went through the crap pile. Well, it makes you relatable, right? Right. They want to know that I went through troubled times. They want to know when I, I worried about if I could put gas in my car. They want to know I, I grew up in a single mom family home where sometimes she didn't have enough money for groceries. I, you know, I shouldn't really make the money that I do now, but due to choices. And then I've made a lot of bad choices. So I can, I can feel and relate to some people that think they make those choices. And it's not about yeah. judgment. It's about, it's definitely not about judgment. It's about it's moving, moving through that. Yeah. and taking a handle on it so that just in case why does your car have five tires and people go it's four no there's a spare just in case yeah and i wish and if i did all the take divorce uh people they ask you know not regrets out of like eight different things that they regret they always wish i had more independence i wish i kept my independence i wish i knew i made decisions that were beneficial for me i wish i didn't give up my life i wish i had and all these things that they wish to do well so how about empowerment yeah. How about learning some things just in case, not because yeah, you're disrespecting a partner that you have yeah. or, you know, just about empowering you. Some people have a hard time having those tough conversations with your brand new spouse because obviously it's honeymoon and that would never happen to you. And but the truth is you do have to be smart about all those things um, going forward because you don't anticipate that happening. And a lot, a lot of the time they do. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you just go on statistics alone, like the divorce rate is over 50%. So yes, you don't get married with the plan or hope of getting divorced. But reality and stats show that you yeah. might. <laughs> like, it's not it's being, a good chance. And it's not being negative to, to be prepared. And I don't think like, I don't under, I, I would hope that if I've mentioned this to a spouse of mine in the future, I want to be smart about this, that he wouldn't like find a problem with that. Like, why don't you want to be smart too? You well, know I, I mean? think that's interesting too, because I do think that happens. Like when people say, even like the whole prenup thing, right? right. Like people get very, very offended and freaked out about the idea that their partner wants to have a prenup before they get married or after they're married. And it's like, well, why? Like, you could leave me. I could leave you. Don't yeah. you want us to both be protected? That is not what the goal is. I think that's like the the language that needs to change. It's not about like the negative aspect. It's no, it's like, you buy car insurance, mm -hmm. because you might get an accident, you don't plan on getting an accident. You don't want you, to get you into don't an want accident. to get into an accident. But you might, if you do, mm -hmm. you have a safeguard. So I think that a lot of young or new couples that are planning on getting married, 100% should have even like a consultation with someone like yourself, mm -hmm. not necessarily to develop a plan right away, but maybe to develop a plan. Well, at least explore the options. But like understand like right. what what is real and, you know, what could happen because I think we all do go in with these, what is it, rose-colored glasses. And mm -hmm. then next thing you know... You're out on your ass. Well, it's not realistic. It's not smart. And you're not protecting yourself. The negative connotation about finances needs to be lifted. The stigma yeah. about mm -hmm. talking about financial scenarios in a relationship or just as a single person needs to change because it's not a bad thing. It doesn't have to be scary. You don't have to do what your mom and dad did. 
You don't have and to you do it. You shouldn't. It's a new generation. You, pro- you, you can't because yeah. you don't have that option. Those small interest I rates. I wish and, I did what my parents yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could have yeah. put like 20 bucks down on a damn yeah. pad. Um, <laughs> I kid, I kid. But in all honesty, like I think that's where it comes from is this idea that like finances are scary and we don't talk about it. And that's just something that you do and you have a bank account and you put money in it and you pay your bills and you know, you maybe have some savings, but that's it until you don't. Right. And I think we, I mean, for me personally, I want to set a good example for my youngest who is uh-huh. seven. Um, that's not just dad. It's the two of us that understand money and, and that concept and set a good example for him. Because when I was teaching, teachers hear the funniest things. Kids say the funniest things yeah. to their teachers. <laughs> and I used to hear, you know, you know, why are you, you know, Johnny, why are you tired today? Well, I was up late last night, got home, uh, mom got home late, dad got home late, you know, didn't have dinner late. So I kind of waited up for dinner because they had to work extra at, at, at work. And then in the next breath, he's telling me that he can't be in rep hockey and in soccer because mom and dad don't have the resources. So we're teaching kids that they're going to, that we work hard at our jobs, work longer, but the payoff's not Still there. Still can't have it. It's a wrong message. It's a yeah. wrong message. That's not the message. No. So let's fix it. Let's fix it so we can say yes to our kids. Not to create spoiled children, but resources and things like my son does is seven and he's, you know, excelling in hockey. Well, I'm going to put him in every environment then that he can explore that talent if he has one versus saying, sorry, buddy, I can't do it. Yeah. And as the school teacher, I would have been saying sorry. And that's the one that motivates me. It motivates me to not say no to my children. Oh, 100%. Like, that's my primary motivation. And same with my husband. He, unfortunately, was in that situation. He was very, very good at hockey. They scouted, wanted him to go into rep. Family didn't have it. He never played hockey in, like, you know, any kind of competitive competitive league again. Like, he played just, you know, recreationally. For all we know, he could have been a great. Maybe not. Right. But, um, yeah, the finances... Were the reason for that. Right. It's, it's, or lack thereof. Right. It filters down and affects everything because it's, people make decisions about money every minute of every day. Yeah. Yeah. So someone needs to show you, and it's all about a blind, sometimes it's a blind spot. Sometimes you feel it, but you just don't know. You can't put your finger on it. You can't find that resolution for it. And that's kind of what we do. And I wanted to just touch on and further my point when I said how it's a version of health. You, Mm. as an individual, Go out and make any, any any man, any woman, any man, go out and make healthy decisions like to eat that salad, right. eat that. So why wouldn't you have the, the in your own independency, have those also the smart decisions? Like right. you have to have that before you can add that to a team of a marriage, for example. Why would you not want to have that like ba- foundation for yourself? Every person, every single person should, you know? Yeah, it's, it is. It's like they, it's like circles of, of your life should all, they all, all intertwine with each other. Of course. So you can't yeah. be you can't be savvy with money and then your marriage falling apart over here and then this happening over yeah. here and you know your children it it's all part you, you know it's not perfect. No. But it's it's about making them making them work together and and when you said about eating healthy. Oh my gosh, it costs more to eat healthy than it does to eat the crap. It does. Yeah, it does. So how do people do that? And and a lot of people should be spending money on their health and like how would it be respectfully how would it be if we had uh, made enough income that we could really spend the money on ourselves to nurture and take care of ourselves? And that's not an option when people are paycheck to paycheck. And most people mm. 
are they say not even if they if they stopped their job you know if they got fired today or let go or downsized or whatever the pensioned off or whatever they'd be six months away from bankruptcy which is very sad that's a terrifying thought and mm -hmm. statistic and mm -hmm. i feel like that's being generous like a lot of people would be probably closer than six months right and financial independence too um because that that's come up a lot in you know our session today financial most people think that uh financial independence means um you know in even retirement they think it's based on age that when you get to a certain age you can stop working no it's based on a function of money so when you've accumulated enough money you get to stop working hence why you see people past age 65 still working right because they can't work they can't yeah. they can't stop they haven't accumulated enough wealth to be able to do that and everything goes back to take the emotion out of things now everybody has a financial independence number a number that they have to get to so it's a big amount of money that they can stop working and live off the interest of that money which can include pensions and things that they've been doing but that amount of money will determine their quality of life and it's a magical not a magical it's a mathematical formula and it's got nothing to do with the age mm -hmm. do so you, yeah, it's a, yeah so if you're young and you put enough money away starting early and you got lots of in that you really when you're younger you have more time for it to compound mm -hmm. the challenge is most of us don't have that money until older and we can't go back so you can't buy back here so i mean i wish most women want to you know take the wrinkles away uh, take, yeah. the, take all the things away <laughs> not just and, that <laughs> and buy back some years that we can't buy back and you can't buy it back because there's compounding with money so that's why to start early is important but a lot of people don't make those right decisions early on and if we could educate young people which you already mm -hmm. had that conversation about doing that it'd be great we'd solve all the world's problems right. <laughs> right but it's not just the fact of okay so say you are in a position to put money away at a younger age you also have to now be educated on what to put it into that's right so then it's like a twofold right, right. there you're still you have to keep learning that's right and then you learn and that's part of the difference too that we do or and what i do is showing you why you would need to put it there because i teach you the rules of money that the investment should adhere to not just doing it and saying here trust me right it's saying here's the rules so for example there's there's, there's called a banking rule it's called the banking rule for a reason yet i'd banked since i was five years old and nobody taught me the banking rule i think that's a little unfair yeah <laughs> so all of a sudden i learned the banking rule and went hang on a second how come it's not working for me mm -hmm. so now i teach the banking rule prior to going in like when i'm when i'm at the the client's house show them show them the rules and then say this is what we're going to adhere to so they can make sure and checkpoint that i'm doing my job and then yeah, teaching them to do you, it for themselves right keeps you accountable keeps them accountable and right. having these goals to reach is encouraging right yeah and do, do you think that this is actually like doable and realistic for anybody like you have you run into somebody that you couldn't teach and you couldn't help yet no i might be your biggest test <laughs> willing and because here's the thing if i teach you the rules of money and then you 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 write then you'll be more conscious of it it's like seeing if i said to you did you notice all the red cars and all of a sudden you're like no and then you go oh my gosh i notice all the red cars if i start showing and exposing things at your speed you're going to start realizing oh and then when you go to do something you're going to think twice about doing that so it's a lot easier to teach it and then apply it for yourself. And then knowing that if part of it was to teach you and apply it, but also for the ability to make money. 
remember this is i i didn't the company i i'm not working for salvation army financial services i don't do it for free mm -hmm. i do it to help people now my plan is for free if i can't put someone in a better situation nothing happens there's no charge for me to come give an opinion second yeah. opinion yeah. teach the rules of money the companies yeah. i source for pay me so the client never pays me but i do get paid to go and do my job mm -hmm. correctly and that's the part where I liked it because if I didn't help you in some way with your financial plan, then why should I get paid? Yeah. I got to put my money where my mouth is. Absolutely. I, I, and to do a free assessment for somebody, how good would my products and services have to be to do it for free? Pretty good. And that's the part where there's never been a time that I couldn't help somebody in one way or another. You know, now, yes, there is one situation where i wouldn't be able to help somebody if they weren't willing to help themselves right and more specifically if we put them in the category of being not skeptical i love skeptical people skeptical people just want their questions answered mm -hmm. i love it because i was too i can't deal with closed-minded people mm -hmm. closed-minded you're not willing to take any advice and therefore you should probably keep doing what you doing yeah. getting what you got see, yeah see how it works <laughs> right and not retire till 95 right yeah. well they're gonna keep they're gonna keep extending that remember retirement used to be 65 it's 67 now it used to be 55 so then... now so think about it. if i got a seven-year-old by the time he gets to my age they probably would extend you know retirement out to you're gonna work till you die yeah. kind of thing you might die before you could right. like should stop working. You right. know what I mean? Like right. there's no I guarantees. Think that happens a lot. Yeah, and retire or oh work gosh. to death. Yeah. So I'm 46, and I'm almost near the time where people want the freedom. 55, 46 years old. You think I really want like think of 65? I used to think 65 year olds were old. Well, now I'm closer to that mark than ever before. I am don't want to think about skydiving when I'm 65 or some of the things that I want to do. I want to do those things now. Yeah. yeah. So financial independence is not. It shouldn't be an option. It should be, it's everybody's right to be financially independent. Everybody should be financially independent. Well, considering we spend so many hours a day working right. for money and slaving away. Yeah. In, in this society specifically in like North America and Western cultures, uh, we work really hard and we have an emphasis on that. Some right. other cultures maybe aren't like that, but here at least we should be able to enjoy Right. The fruits of our the labor. fruits of our labor, literally. And most of us are working for other people to make other people rich. Right. So they can enjoy their dreams and they can enjoy the fruits of our labors. And it's, it is an interesting concept because you're always going to need that. You're always going to need the level of, you know, the classes that work different jobs to make the world go around. But I think if more people were given the power, like, from someone like yourself mm -hmm. and given the education and the understanding, maybe they would be more of an entrepreneurial type person and work just for themselves so they can live the life they want. Right. Well, in this day and age, you're seeing everyone has a side hustle. Everyone is pursuing their own um, because their own positions because they can be remote or they can. That's just how the world is turning. But like you said, and I, and I fear that once we have a conversation about my finances, you're going to tell me to go get something else as well. And <laughs> well, that's where these things that everyone's doing on the side come in handy, right? right. My no. side hustle doesn't pay me. My side <laughs> hustle isn't paying me either, Lauren. We need to start getting paid here. <laughs> but the truth is, I think I have to do a third hustle. <laughs> and that's pretty normal what people, and that's also why people get hustle. <laughs> there you go. You made a new word. Yeah. <laughs> 
Pat nut, make us money. Let's go. <laughs> Starting the try hustle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to quadruple hustle over here. It doesn't sound good. No, um, I don't want to do it. A lot of people that look at, like I said, a lot of people that look at our business are women. A lot of people that look our, at our business um, really do it possibly just to provide a pension for themselves. Imagine yeah. making a yeah. residual income because we're in the wealthiest industries in the world, financial services, yeah. insurance, investments, debt, wealthiest industries in the world. They're going to pay you really well to solve people's money problems. Mm -hmm. So in residual income, which is what pensions, right? It's going to give you that so that you can solidify your retirement plan. Yeah. So a lot of people just come and they and they do it for a period of time to make a pension plan and then they that's what they that's what their pension plan is going to be and live on at whatever age they decided that's going to be for them. So it can be it, side hustle could turn into something a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller, depending on what that need is. But that's for me. It I, evolved into a full career, a full career, <laughs> a great and, career, and then yeah, and then teaching other people. And my, I mean, our goal this year is to open three other offices. So yeah, I want to know. And a referral is always better when it's word of mouth. Yeah. Because you're going to, sure. right? And putting an ad in the paper, you don't know who you're going to get. But me, me talking to you saying, hey, who do you know that's working two jobs? Who do you know that's not happy with the career? Who do they know that's not happy with the money they're making, saving? And then I, I get introduced to that person. And then, of course, you know, they may be the person that says, I want to have my own office. Mm -hmm. I want to be, I want to be, you know, I don't want someone's thumb on me. I don't want to be told when to come to work, when to leave. Yeah. When yeah. I can take time off, there's so many women that tell me that by the time they go to their job, we talked about that a little bit about paying daycare and the responsibilities, but I've got women that are on pretty much attendance, uh, you know, a woman that works at a hospital and she's on her last legs at attendance uh, because every time her son is sick, which he has, um, you know, he's sick often because he's got a disability, um, he, she's penalized. Yeah, And then she gets in trouble and then so many times and you can lose you're in jeopardy of losing your job. Yeah. So they take pay from you and they do a bunch of things it's like being, you remember back in school when you used to skip school and you get in trouble for attendance, it's kind of like that they're yeah. being, so here's an, a hospital that's you're dealing already with sick people. It should be really a positive environment to make sure people get healthy. And we're dealing with people that are working there that are being penalized because they have to deal with somebody at home that's sick or taking care of somebody. Because when a mom is sick, it's usually because one of her children was sick first. Mm -hmm. And now she's yeah. being penalized. What's the point of even going to work? See, I'd like to yeah. give her a different opportunity where she decides when she works. She decides how much money she makes. She decides. And there's where I get really passionate. She decides what she's worth, not what someone else tells her she's worth. Yeah. Totally. And that's the difference. That's the empowerment right there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a whole other like subtopic to be honest. Yes. Is that we could have fun with that one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we won't go down that hole today. <laughs> but it is really frustrating, again, being a woman, because you are usually the one that's gonna stay home with the kids if they're sick and take time off work. You're the one who stayed home after you had the babies. And yeah, you are penalized at your job. Not all companies, like I'm lucky enough to work for a company that's really, really supportive and understanding and caring. And most of those people have families too. So right. do unto others as you want others to do unto you. And so it's just, a, it's a progressive and healthy environment. But yeah, there is like certain jobs that are like, well, you can't take a day off. Right. And if you do, we're docking you your pay and whatever other potential sort of punishments they dole mm -hmm. out. Like how is that? helping to contribute to a functional society and a healthy society it's it's 
really the opposite. Well, and then you wonder why everyone has depression and anxiety and has to go on stress leave and even to the worst extremes takes their own lives because of right. It very extreme. It's extreme, but it happens. And it's, well, we talked it's about this um, last week when we d- uh, discussed the um, the correlation between the feminist countries and the and the happiest countries, and the ones with the the closest gender gap were the ones that did incorporate things like um, flexible schedules for mm-hmm. people, so they can be there for their kids. The ones that incorporated um, paternity leave as well. So the parent, the dad can be there as well. And the mothers aren't missing out on all those years in their careers. So when you, when you see societies incorporating those things, you do see happier people. Yeah. And it does all come back to finances. Like this is all happening. The detriment of yourself and your situation, your mental health, everything is usually because you're stressed about money. Right. Yeah. You you don't have enough. Right. And you stay in a job that you don't like. For longer than because you, need you to. have to, you have to. Yeah. yeah. So give us your tips on how to, before someone would sit down and talk to you, what, what do you want to tell women or people in general? Like, how do you get a hold of your situation before you need a financial advisor or someone to come in and build a plan for them? I think, I think, like I said, women are, are intelligent enough. Um, I think the tip I can give is listen to your intuition, listen to your heart. You know, you're in wrong circumstances, whether good marriage, bad marriage, indifferent, single, you know, whatever the circumstances are, but understand the circumstances. So if you're stuffing your stuff in the drawer and not looking at it, not opening it, don't know where things are, maybe know where things are, but want a second opinion just trust your intuition that thinking that, you know, maybe I should look at this and not wait till it's too late for someone else to be looking at it. Cause if someone else is looking at it, it might be too late to have made any different, yeah. made any changes. Yeah. So before seeing somebody, it's just kind of listen, listen to yourself. You know, you know, when something's not right, you know, when I remember thinking in my old life, as I call it, um, just in my own thoughts, thinking this can't be my life. I this can't that- be this. I, this, this can't be all that there is. Yeah. And it had to start with something. And it started with probably the probably the things that are, you know, any guru, um, Mel Robbins, all say if there's something that you're cluttered about or something that is maybe you should just deal with it, like take it on, mm-hmm. take take that Addressing. one thing. Right. If there's something that you're avoiding doing, maybe that's the one thing you need to work on first. And if that's where I think I can be helpful is because I come see you and I kind of take some of the pressure off and make it less it's not that big a deal. And if we got a drawer full, then we're going to analyze the drawer and we're going to do it together. We're not, so it doesn't have to be, the panic doesn't have to set in. Yeah. Let's just take a deep breath and come in. Just like say if I was, you know, when your house is very organized, by the way, <laughs> yeah. but let's say I was coming in you here. You in this you, professional yes, studio that we're that's in? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. About Lauren's bed? Yes. <laughs> but let's say it needed to be organized. You'd probably call some in that's got organizational skills and say, help me out. I'm stuck here. I'm like, and, and I always say, you can't move until you realize where you are. You're almost like your feet are cemented in until I recognize this is my life. And this is what it is as good as it is, as ugly as it is, as great as it is, it is my life. So then you can make a change and then kind of maybe call in the troops. And maybe I'm one of the people that you call in. I'm one of the troops to go. I need some help in this area. Well, you're really like, um, you're a money doctor. Like 
If I'm yeah. sick and yeah. I'm suffering from something physically, I need a doctor. I can't, you know, if I broke my arm, I can't set it. I can't fix it. Well, you're not but, trained. Exactly. And, or even like more simple things like doing my own hair, like having a haircut. I can't cut my own hair. I mean, right. I could, but it'd be ugly. Please don't. Yeah, <laughs> I won't. So it's like getting my finances under control or just getting developing a plan for my future finances. Right. I'm not trained. So I think it's like applying like a personal trainer. You I think we all we think we have to do it all and know it all ourselves that no. we don't want to utilize resources out there. And then for someone like you and your business where you will come and do free consultations. Right. What do you have to lose? Well, the right. thing is, too, it's like you don't want to spend the money to save money. So, I, mean, I think a lot of people have that mentality. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so you're not really making an effect and you're not benefiting. So right. if you have a problem, you have to go hire someone to fix it. Right. The same way as if you had a problem. I keep going back to the diet thing because it's similar. Um, if you had a problem with, with, uh, with overeating or with whatever weight you would go find somebody who can help fix it so yeah. yeah it's the exact same thing right yeah and the second tip was just to get get the plan yeah just the same as you're going to the gym speaking of health going yeah. to the gym and i wanted to you know improve something they're gonna ask me well what do you want to look like what do you want you know maybe what do you want your butt look like do you want it to be health do you want it to change your food what and they're going to put a plan together and it's going to figure out where i am right now so it's the same thing in in my in my business is i'm going to figure out where you are right now to where you want to get to and help you draw that map and then guide you when you get off course sometimes because everybody does and that's natural because you're going to sometimes go back to yeah. an old way yeah. so it's to bounce you back and put you back in you know it's like driving on the highway and you get off the wrong exit your gps will, will determine and get you back on the quickest fastest route and that's my job is to guide you back to where you go and if we have to do that a million times there's always hope yeah so we never lose hope because our goal is the end goal is to play is to learn the rules of money and play that play the money game so that, you know, we can retire and we can do things in our life that we want to do. Right. I think the for the main thing is just get real. Have a life. I guess you should say not just retire. Let's have a life now, too. Yeah. Let's live instead of just work to, to live. live. Yeah. Oh, so miserable. your your service isn't a one-time thing if you you stay with your clients through their journey as long as they need you because that's something that's different like i know for me if i went to a bank i would be able to get a plan but they don't really stay with you like they're not really no they, no personal touch yeah so we like i said my husband's been in the business for 30 years and i've been in it for 15 of those 30 so and just on a side note he started when i was in grade nine i gotta tell you He's older than me. He's just kidding. Older, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Gotta throw that in there. <laughs> Gotta throw that in there. One but dig. Respectfully, so 30 years. So we've have clients that are 30 years with us. Um, yeah. So yeah, my goal is to stay with you for right as long that I'm a household name and I come in and I know your kids and that and that's the relationship part. Generational help as well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. right and grew when they maybe had nothing to now that they have something. And, and that part too, a lot of advisors um, won't kind of come talk to you unless you've got a bunch of money, a quarter of a million dollars, just to, sometimes you need a quarter of a million dollars to get into a room to have a good advisor. And I'll go see the single mom that has no money to invest, but wants to try. That's the difference. Yeah. Because I remember 
where, remember I had that little cutie pie house, little wartime bungalow? I didn't have somebody from, you know, the big tall buildings downtown Toronto coming to my house saying, Rebecca, let me show you how to get out of debt. They wouldn't even touch me. They wouldn't even help me. So I remember that. And now I'll go to somebody's house and go see them. And I know for a fact you are making a huge impact in their lives and um, really helping them out. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, and it really is the personal touch. I mean, when you feel like you can relate to somebody and they aren't judging you and letting someone into your home alone is very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Never mind then pouring out all your private financial details and situation, which could be dire, could be normal well, or fine, it probably but is. it's usually a problem. At that yeah, point. yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. And that's the other thing. Like people don't do this until they have a problem. Right. So I think that's important too, is get a plan, even if you don't have a problem, just so you can stick to it and then have you stay with them throughout right. that plan. Yeah. And then right. teach your kids so then they don't have a freaking problem. Yeah. And save for your kids just because they're going to have a problem. They can't look at the way the inflation not, goes. Yeah. They're not going to be able to afford a box in the next 20 years. So Yeah. I saw a funny move saying that. Anyways, thank you so, thank you. so much for being here. You Thank you helped me <laughs> you'll have your conversation after yes, <laughs> yeah. sweet. thank yeah. you no we appreciate it so much and i think this is super important so yeah we love you thank you ladies thank you get on your get on your money sitch so tell everybody where they can find you easiest way to get in touch with you um well probably two easy ways because then you can you know put a name with a face yep. um instagram is uh my last name uh, Bittner, B-I-T-T-N-E-R dot Rebecca, R-E-B-E-C-C-A. And just the reverse for Facebook is Rebecca Bittner. Um, <laughs> and you'll see go. me there. Great. If anybody needs help with their financial situation, I highly recommend. And you can follow us at Herspective underscore podcast. Please send us your thoughts, questions. If you want more information about Rebecca or where to find her, we can help with that too. And don't forget to send us your ride or die stories. Thanks for listening. Bye guys. Bye.